Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. If it wasn't for Andrew's teachings, I would never be where I am today. I would never have victory. I would be living a life of defeat. It was Andrew's teaching that allowed me to develop that faith. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Yesterday, I started a brand new series entitled, How to Prepare Your Heart. Now, this title is not real catchy, and a lot of people just don't connect with this, but this is uh, based on a scripture here in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 14. And that verse is talking about King Rehoboam, and it says, He did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. And I was asking these questions about, God, why is it that some people start out so good, their heart is pure, they mean well, and I was using biblical examples of David and Saul and Solomon, Rehoboam. You could go, go right down the line of all of these kings who started out serving God, but then wound up going off the rails and making mistakes. But you can also use this. I mean, I've seen this in my own uh, experience. I have had many friends who at one time were just passionate about the Lord. And you think that, man, these people, there's nothing that could turn them away. And yet something happens and they just go the other direction. I've actually seen some people that have turned around and totally renounced their faith in the Lord and, and are not even making an attempt to have a relationship with the Lord. They're going in the opposite direction. And it's really concerned me, and I've just wondered, how could this happen? And this verse right here is the answer. The reason people fall away from the Lord is because they prepared not their heart to seek the Lord. Did you know the word prepare means that you do something in advance? And most people, again, it's not that they wake up in the morning and they just say, today I think I'm going to go live in sin. Today I think I'm going to do something that will destroy my life and turn me away from God. I doubt that anybody just wakes up and, and chooses to go that direction. But what happens is they fail to prepare. They fail to set their heart properly on the things of God and to seek the Lord. not they, they just get lulled in complacency. Don't realize that we have an enemy who's coming against you and he is going to fight against you. And if you get complacent like that and just take your attention off of the Lord and get to doing your own thing because everything seems to be fine, you aren't in trouble, I can guarantee you, you are setting yourself up for failure. You need to live with a mindset that we are in a battle, that Satan is coming against you. I've said this often, that if you never bump into the devil, it's because you're both headed in the same direction. If you are seeking God and if you are following God, I can guarantee you Satan is going to come and try and stop you. Satan, you can't say many things about him that are positive, but one thing about him is he is aggressive. He is consistent. I mean, he just constantly is there. Even though you defeat him, he'll get back up and come at you again. Satan just fights against you. And I used a lot of scriptures yesterday about warfare to show that that happens. Rehoboam was the grandson of King David. He was the son of Solomon. And uh, when he took over the kingdom, 
Uh, BECAUSE SOLOMON HAD TURNED AWAY FROM GOD IN HIS LATTER DAYS, THAT'S OVER IN 1 KINGS CHAPTER 11, AND YOU CAN READ ABOUT IT. HE ACTUALLY MADE IDOLS FOR ALL OF THE DEMON GODS OF HIS WIVES, AND HE TURNED AWAY FROM GOD. AND BECAUSE OF THAT, GOD TOOK THIS MAN, JEROBOAM, WHO WAS ONE OF THE GENERALS IN SOLOMON'S uh, ARMY, AND HE HAD A PROPHET COME AND PROPHESY TO JEROBOAM AND SAY THAT GOD WAS GOING TO GIVE HIM TEN OF THE 12 TRIBES OF ISRAEL AND THAT HE WAS GOING TO RULE OVER THEM, AND HE WAS GOING TO TAKE IT AWAY FROM SOLOMON'S DESCENDANTS, BUT NOT THE ENTIRE GROUP BECAUSE HE HAD... BECAUSE DAVID HAD BEEN FAITHFUL TO HIM. GOD PROMISED THAT HE HAD ALWAYS GIVE DAVID SOMEBODY TO SIT ON HIS THRONE. SO HE SAID, I'LL GIVE HIM THE TRIBES OF JUDAH AND BENJAMIN, BUT JEROBOAM WAS GOING TO TAKE THE NORTHERN TEN TRIBES. SO THIS WAS PROPHESIED BY GOD. AND WHEN REHOBOAM BECAME KING, THE PEOPLE CAME TO HIM AND SAID, SOLOMON TAXED US. HE MADE HIS... OUR YOKE GRIEVOUS, AND THEY ASKED HIM FOR MERCY, AND THEY SAID, WILL YOU LIGHTEN THE LOAD ON US BECAUSE YOUR FATHER MADE US SERVE WITH ALL OF THIS HARDSHIP. AND SO HE he SAYS, GIVE ME THREE DAYS AND THEN COME BACK. AND SO HE FIRST OF ALL WENT TO THE COUNSELORS THAT WERE WITH HIS FATHER, SOLOMON, AND HE ASKED THEM THEIR ADVICE, AND THEY SAID, IF YOU WILL SERVE THESE PEOPLE TODAY, AND IF YOU WILL LISTEN TO THEIR REQUEST, THEN THEY WILL SERVE YOU FOREVER. BUT THEN HE WENT TO THE YOUNG PEOPLE THAT WERE BROUGHT UP WITH HIM, AND THEY SAID, WHAT DO YOU ADVISE? AND THEY SAID, SHOW THEM WHO'S BOSS. YOU you FLEX YOUR MUSCLE. YOU SHOW THEM THAT YOU ARE IN AUTHORITY. TELL THEM THAT YOUR LITTLE FINGER WILL BE THICKER THAN YOUR FATHER'S THIGH. YOUR FATHER CHASING THEM WITH WHIPS, BUT TELL THEM THAT YOU WILL CHASING THEM WITH SCORPIONS. IN OTHER WORDS, you, YOU MAKE THEM SUBMIT TO YOU. SO REHOBOAM WENT BACK, AND HE FORSOOK THE COUNSEL OF THE OLD MAN, AND HE TOOK THE COUNSEL OF THE YOUNG MAN. YOU KNOW, I'M NOT AGAINST YOUNG PEOPLE. ONCE I WAS YOUNG, BELIEVE IT OR NOT. BUT ONE OF THE MISTAKES THAT YOUTH MAKES IS THEY DON'T LEARN ANYTHING THROUGH HISTORY, AND THEY ALWAYS THINK THAT THEY KNOW BETTER. AND AS YOU GET OLDER, YOU JUST FIND OUT THAT SO MANY OF YOUR IDEALISTIC VALUES THAT YOU HAD ARE JUST IMPRACTICAL. THEY DON'T WORK. YOU KNOW, THIS IS ONE REASON THAT WE'VE GOT MARXISTS TODAY, COMMUNISM, SOCIALISTS THAT ARE PRAYING ON OUR YOUNG PEOPLE, AND THEY'RE TELLING THEM THESE STORIES OF UTOPIA THAT, MAN, IF WE COULD JUST TAKE ALL OF THE MONEY AWAY FROM THE RICH PEOPLE AND JUST DISTRIBUTE IT TO EVERYBODY ELSE, THAT THIS WOULD BE BETTER. AND THERE'S A LOT OF YOUNG PEOPLE THAT BUY INTO THIS, BUT THEY DON'T KNOW THAT IT HAS BEEN TRIED OVER AND OVER AGAIN IN RUSSIA. I MEAN, uh, VENEZUELA, YOU COULD JUST GO RIGHT DOWN THE ROAD, CUBA, AND ON AND ON, AND IT HAS NEVER WORKED. IT NEVER WILL WORK. IT DESTROYS INCENTIVE. IT DOESN'T HELP, AND YET THEY JUST DON'T UNDERSTAND THIS. BUT SEE, IF YOU'VE LIVED A WHILE, YOU'VE SEEN THESE FAILURES. YOU'VE SEEN SOME OF YOUR OWN IDEAS CHANGE, AND IT JUST TEMPERS YOU, AND IT GIVES YOU SOME WISDOM. NOT EVERYTHING THAT YOU LEARN BY EXPERIENCE IS GODLY WISDOM, BUT IT DOES KNOCK SOME OF THIS ARROGANCE OUT OF YOU. BUT THESE YOUNG PEOPLE, MAN, THEY JUST SAID, YOU TELL THEM YOUR LITTLE FINGER IS GOING TO BE THICKER THAN YOUR FATHER'S THIGH. SO HE WENT BACK, AND HE ANSWERED THE PEOPLE ROUGHLY AND TOLD THEM THIS, AND THEY SAID, WELL, FORGET YOU. AND THEY JUST TOOK JEROBOAM, AND THEY WENT AND THE TEN NORTHERN TRIBES OF ISRAEL, THEY BROKE AWAY, AND THEY CALLED THEMSELVES ISRAEL. AFTER THIS TIME, ISRAEL REFERRED TO THE TEN NORTHERN TRIBES, AND JUDAH REFERRED TO THE TWO SOUTHERN TRIBES OF THE NATION OF ISRAEL. AND SO AFTER THIS HAPPENED, REHOBOAM 
decided that he would go and fight against Jeroboam and these northern ten tribes, and he would... It basically was a civil war, and he was going to reunite the nation. And so he gathered people together, and I forget the exact numbers right here, but it was in the hundreds of thousands of soldiers that Jeroboam... that Rehoboam had assembled together to go fight this war and reunite Israel. And, uh, you know, not only do you get hundreds of thousands of people together, but then you've got to have all the logistics, the food to support them, all of the, uh, you know, the equipment that they needed and just, you know, all of the wagons and all of the things that they had. It was a huge deal. And I guarantee you, in, in modern terms, it would have been millions and millions of dollars equivalent that Rehoboam spent to assemble this army and to start this war. And right before they engaged, a prophet came to Rehoboam and said, you know, this is God's punishment upon Solomon for the way that he lived. And so even though this was never God's will originally to separate the nation because of the sin of Solomon, this is now God's will. God is the one that put Jeroboam in charge of the northern ten tribes. And if you go and fight against them, you're going to be fighting against God. You won't prosper. Now think about this. Here's the king. He's the one that just told everybody, man, I'm, I'm the boss. If, if my father chastened you with whips, I'll chasten you with scorpions. He just flexed his muscle. He had just spoken these arrogant things. And here he is. A prophet comes along and tells him, this is wrong. You shouldn't do it. And you know what? Rehoboam humbled himself. And he responded to this prophet. And he disbanded the army and sent everybody home. And he refused to go fight the battle. That is amazing to me. His heart was tender to the Lord. He made a mistake listening to the young man, but when he was rebuked by the Lord, he humbled himself. And it says right here in Second Chronicles that he sought the Lord for the first two years of his reign. And he did good. And I mean, it wasn't just in word only. He, he disbanded this army at great expense and even humiliation to himself because here he had been bragging about who he was and his power, and yet he humbled himself. I mean, this was good. And he responded to this prophet. And yet it says right here that he did evil because he uh, prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. So he started out good, but he didn't end up good. And God wound up rebuking him and taking the kingdom away from him. Why did he do it? Because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. So what I want to do is begin to share with you about how to prepare your heart and how to avoid problems. And I tell you, this is so important. I made this point on my programs yesterday, but most people wait until they have made a mess of their life and they, they are in trouble, and then they run to the Lord to fix the thing. And God loves us so much that He will deal with things. He will help you out of problems and things like that because all of us make mistakes. None of us are perfect. And praise God, we need this ability to turn to the Lord when things are going wrong in our life. I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I'm saying that you shouldn't wait until you have a problem. You need to prepare in advance. This is like getting a vaccination that will prevent a disease instead of a cure for a disease. Most people are looking for the cure when you could take a vaccination and just prevent the thing and never have to deal with it. And this is what I want to share with you is how to prepare your heart. 
SO LET ME USE DAVID AS AN EXAMPLE. OVER HERE IN PSALMS, CHAPTER 57, IN VERSE 7, IF YOU READ THE SUBSCRIPT OF THE TITLE, THIS ISN'T IN ALL BIBLES, BUT I, SOME OF THE SCRIBES, uh, YOU KNOW, THOUSANDS OF YEARS AGO, AS THEY WERE COPYING OUT SCRIPTURES, THEY ADDED THIS TO IT, AND I PERSONALLY BELIEVE THAT THEY ARE ACCURATE, BUT THE SUBSCRIPT TO PSALMS, CHAPTER 57, SAYS, TO THE CHIEF MUSICIAN OUTTASKETH MICTAM OF DAVID WHEN HE FLED FROM SAUL IN THE CAVE. NOW, WHAT THIS IS TALKING ABOUT IS THAT WHEN DAVID WAS ANOINTED TO BE KING, HE WAS ABOUT 17 YEARS OLD, AND UNTIL HE WAS 30 YEARS OLD, FOR 13 YEARS, SAUL JUST HATED DAVID. He, HE TOOK HIS WIFE AWAY FROM HIM, WHICH WAS SAUL'S DAUGHTER, AND GAVE HER TO ANOTHER MAN JUST TO HURT DAVID. HE TRIED TO KILL DAVID TWICE WITH JAVELINS, AND THEN HE TOOK HIS ARMY AND HE TRAVELED, and, AND HE TRIED TO ENCOMPASS DAVID. AND THERE WAS ONE TIME THAT HE HAD 3,000 MEN WHO WERE CHASING DAVID. THIS IS OVER IN 1 SAMUEL, I BELIEVE IT'S CHAPTER 24. IN VERSE 2, THIS IS 1 SAMUEL 24, 2, THEN SAUL TOOK 3,000 CHOSEN MEN OUT OF ALL ISRAEL AND WENT TO SEEK DAVID AND HIS MEN UPON THE ROCKS OF THE WILD GOATS. AND HE CAME TO THE SHEEP GOATS BY THE WAY WHERE THERE WAS A CAVE, AND SAUL WENT IN TO COVER HIS FEET, AND DAVID AND HIS MEN REMAINED IN THE SIDES OF THE CAVE. SO HERE WAS SAUL WITH 3,000 MEN PURSUING DAVID THAT HAD 600 MEN WITH HIM. SO DAVID WAS WAY OUTNUMBERED. AND DAVID WAS HIDING IN THIS CAVE. SAUL HAPPENED TO COME INTO THAT VERY CAVE TO COVER HIS FEET. YOU KNOW, THAT DOESN'T COMPUTE TO US, BUT I PERSONALLY THINK WHAT THIS MEANT WAS THAT HE PROBABLY WENT IN TO TAKE A NAP BECAUSE WHILE HE WAS SLEEPING, DAVID'S MEN SPOKE TO HIM. AND LOOK AT THIS. IT SAYS IN VERSE 4, THE MAN OF DAVID SAID UNTO HIM, BEHOLD THE DAY OF WHICH THE LORD SAID UNTO THEE, BEHOLD, I WILL DELIVER THINE ENEMY INTO THINE HAND, AND THOU THAT MAYEST DO TO HIM AS IT SHALL SEEM GOOD UNTO THEE. THEN DAVID AROSE AND CUT OFF THE SKIRT OF SAUL'S ROBE PRIVATELY. NOW, SEE, I DON'T KNOW HOW HE COULD HAVE DONE THAT IF HE HAD BEEN DOING ANYTHING EXCEPT ASLEEP. HE HAD TO HAVE BEEN IN A DEEP SLEEP, AND DAVID JUST CUT OFF PART OF HIS ROBE. AND THEN IN VERSE 5, IT SAYS, AND IT CAME TO PASS AFTERWARDS THAT DAVID'S HEART SMOTE HIM BECAUSE HE HAD CUT OFF SAUL'S SKIRT AND HE SAID UNTO HIS MEN, THE LORD FORBID THAT I SHOULD DO THIS THING UNTO MY MASTER, THE LORD'S ANOINTED, TO STRETCH FORTH MINE HAND AGAINST HIM, SEEING HE IS THE ANOINTED OF THE LORD. SO DAVID STOPPED HIS MEN FROM KILLING SAUL. NOW, REMEMBER, SAUL IS THE ONE WHO IS THE KING. DAVID HAD BEEN ANOINTED TO BE THE NEW KING, AND THIS IS THE WAY THAT KINGDOMS CHANGED HANDS BACK IN THOSE DAYS. YOU KNOW, PRAISE GOD FOR OUR SYSTEM WHERE EVEN THOUGH PEOPLE MAY HATE EACH OTHER AND THEY DISAGREE WITH EACH OTHER, THEY DON'T KILL THE PREVIOUS PRESIDENT TO BECOME THE NEW PRESIDENT. MAN, WE HAVE A PROCESS THAT'S MUCH BETTER. SO THIS SEEMS REALLY STRANGE TO US, BUT FOR THOUSANDS OF YEARS, THIS IS THE WAY THAT KINGDOMS HAVE CHANGED HANDS IS THROUGH A MILITARY COUP. AND SO PEOPLE WOULDN'T HAVE CONSIDERED IT WRONG IF DAVID WOULD HAVE JUST KILLED SAUL AND TAKEN OVER THE KINGDOM. AFTER ALL, DAVID WAS THE ONE THAT GOD HAD ANOINTED. THE ANOINTING HAD LEFT SAUL. IT WOULD HAVE BEEN BETTER FOR THE KINGDOM IF SAUL HAD DONE IT. PLUS, YOU LOOK AT THIS, THAT, that uh, SAUL WAS DAVID'S FATHER-IN-LAW, AND JUST TO HURT DAVID, HE HAD TAKEN HIS WIFE AND GIVEN HER TO ANOTHER MAN. MAN, WHAT AN INSULT. THAT WAS TERRIBLE. PLUS, 
Saul was out to kill David. That's the reason he was here. He had 3,000 men and he was trying to kill David. Most people would have looked at this as self-defense. They would have looked at it as vengeance for what he had done to his wife. They could have looked at it as just, just, this is just the way that kingdoms change hands. Nobody would have blamed David. Matter of fact, all of his men were encouraging him to do this. Did you know that most people in a situation like that would have caved to the vengeance, to the hurt that they had experienced, to this is just the way it's done, to self-defense. They would have justified it and they would have killed Saul. But David wrote this Psalm, Psalms chapter 57, during this time that he was hiding in the cave. This is the Psalm that he wrote about it. I'm not going to take time to read the whole thing, but if you drop down to verse 7, it says, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Did you know that the word fixed right here is the Hebrew word kun, K-U-W-N, and that is the exact same word that was over here in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 14, where it says he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. That's that same Hebrew word, kun. So part of preparing your heart is to fix your heart, to just establish your heart, to predetermine some things. And again, I go back to the scripture that says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7. Your heart is the thing that determines the way your life is going. Jesus said this over in, I believe it was Matthew chapter 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Proverbs chapter 4, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, there's people that try and change their actions. And they say, I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to smoke anymore. I don't want to do this. And they mention all of these things and they try and change their actions, but they don't deal with their heart. You know, I had one of the ladies that helps me host our Tuesday night Bible study, Julianne Harris. She was with me uh, just a few nights ago and we were talking about some things. And Julianne, uh, I don't know her whole story, but she fancied herself to be a party girl. And she just went, that's the image that she had. She saw herself going to bars, drinking, having a good time, getting wild and just doing these things. And that was her identity. And because of a number of things, she actually came to Bible school and she was going to Bible school. But for the first six months or whatever of her being in Bible school, she still went to the bars every night. So here she was, a Bible school student by day and a bar hopper by night. And she just, that's the way she saw herself. That was the image that she had. And she knew that it was wrong. She didn't uh, brag about it. She tried to hide it. She knew in her heart that it was wrong, but she kept doing it. And she wanted to change what was happening out here, but she didn't change her heart. But see, after sitting in class in Bible school for a while, and she began to recognize who she was and that she was a changed person, and she began to recognize that her spirit man was the real her. And she began to recognize that as Jesus is, so am I in this world. First John chapter 4, verse 17, and uh, on and on it goes. She changed her identity. See, she changed her heart, and this party girl status just left, she quit going to the bar. She quit drinking. And I forget how long it's been now, but it's probably a decade or more. And she doesn't even relate to that anymore. 
See, there's a lot of people that try and resist and they say, oh, God, help me not to do this, but they don't go to the heart level. They don't deal with it on the heart level. If you change your heart, then as you think in your heart, that's the way that your life is going to be. There are people watching this program right now that you are into behavior modification. You're trying to change your actions, but you haven't changed your heart. The way you think in your heart becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You will eventually act out what's in your heart. For a brief period of time, you can act contrary to what's in your heart, but that's what we call hypocrisy. And ultimately, your life will go the direction of your heart. If your heart has not been fixed, as David said right here, if it hasn't been set, firmly planted in a direction, then when you're in a situation where people are telling you to kill Saul and to take vengeance and to take over the kingdom, you would cave to that. But see, David had fixed his heart is what he said. My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. He had predetermined that he would not touch God's anointed. He said someday Saul's time to die will come or he will get killed in battle or something else will happen, but I will never stretch forth my hand against God's anointed. He had predetermined in advance. He had prepared his heart and he had already decided how he would live, who he was and what he would do. And even under a situation where people were pressuring him to do something different, he couldn't do it because he had fixed his heart. He had prepared his heart. And the application for us is that, you know what? You need to prepare your heart. You need to, in advance, sit down and determine what you will do and what you will not do, what God has ordained you to do, and that here are the limits, and you need to set these limits on yourself. Some people look at this as, oh, this is restrictive. This isn't freedom. I tell you what, living under limits, establishing boundaries for yourself and saying, this is who I am and I will not go outside of that. That's freedom. The person who says, oh, I'm just a free spirit and I'm going to do whatever the situation demands at the moment. You're the person that Satan, it says he goes about seeking whom he may devour. You are the one he will devour because you don't have any limits. Given the right set of circumstances, you'll cave in every single time you will wind up being one of these casualties because you didn't prepare your heart, because your heart wasn't fixed. You hadn't got any boundaries. It, it's just all up to whatever you feel at the moment. I tell you what, that's bondage. To be controlled by your emotions, to just whatever you feel at the moment, that is going to dominate you. That is bondage. Our world is calling dark light and light, dark, good, bad, and bad, evil. It, it, everything's reversed. And today people are saying, oh no, I'm free. I just do whatever I feel like at the moment. That is bondage. That is a recipe for disaster. And I know I'm speaking to people right now that that is describing you. I pray that you're receiving some instruction from this and that you will begin to prepare your heart. I'm out of time today, but I'm going to continue to talk on this. And remember, I've got this series on CD and DVD on how to prepare your heart. This is not curative. It is preventative. 
I tell you, you need this. It would be a blessing to you. So listen to our announcer as he gives you some information about how you can receive this teaching and please call or write today. Andrew's teaching, How to Prepare Your Heart, is available as a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. You can get this teaching in the How to Prepare Your Heart package, which includes your choice of either the CD or DVD album from the How to Prepare Your Heart series, as well as two books, Lessons from Elijah and Lessons from David. This package has a catalog value of $50, but today you can receive these valuable resources for just $35. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these teachings. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. If you haven't yet partnered with us, I'd like to encourage you to pray about it. And then if the Lord says so, join with us because we are taking the gospel not only through television, but we have 8,000 students going through Karis Bible College with over 8,000 graduates. We're pumping out over 200,000 free hours of material on our website. And we're just reaching all around the world. We couldn't do it without partners. So join with us and become a partner with us today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline 24 hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. At the time that I enrolled in classes, I wasn't able to move all the way to Colorado and, you know, uproot my life. The flexibility of correspondence school was one of the biggest draws for me to enroll. I could get things done throughout the day and then I could go home and, and do my lessons. It's been such a blessing for me, for my family just to see what God can do in a person's life when they just surrender and say, okay, God, I'll follow you. My name is Macy and I was a first year correspondence student. You can complete your first year of Karis Bible College as a correspondence student. Go to karisbiblecollege.org to learn more. Hopefully you've been stirred up, motivated to get involved, but you know what? We can't do this without God. We need God and we need Christians to stand up. I interviewed uh, Jason Yates and he said in the last election, there was 25 million registered Christians who didn't vote. We have to vote. If you don't vote, you are doubling the ungodly vote by you not casting a vote to counter. Go to truthandliberty.net for more information on how you can vote your values this November. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how our friends and partners are changing lives all around the world. Lives like Michael Schutz. All throughout his early childhood, Michael struggled with extreme food allergies and asthma. That is, until his parents found Andrew's teachings and healing journeys and learned for the first time ever that God wanted him well. 
I would watch video after video. I just knew, I'm like, if they are free from their ailments, <laughs> then my son can be free. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Schutzes stood on the promise that by the stripes of Jesus, their son was already healed, and within a few months, he had no more symptoms. Today, Michael is a healthy, athletic teenager who eats whatever he wants. To see his full healing journey, visit awmi.net today. I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school, and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Karis Daily Live Bible Study five days a week.